0: Alright, guys, welcome to a brand new episode of SideQuest Podcast. Listen in and level up. I have a great episode for you today, but first, as always, let's get through the show notes. If you're not following the Facebook page, head over to Facebook, type SideQuest Fitness into the search bar, and like the page. There, you're gonna get updates on podcast episodes, articles when they get posted, and you're gonna get a brand new taco recipe every Tuesday for Taco Camp. Uh, Plus lots of other shenanigans and nerd talk throughout the week. So make sure you head over to Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram. My handle is SideQuestFM. If you want to see some cool videos and random stuff on Instagram as well, you can follow me on Instagram. Same handle, SideQuestFM. Or follow me on Snapchat, SideQuestFit. Follow me there. Send me your questions. Uh, I want to get all the questions from you, help you as much as I can on your fitness journey or your journey in life, whatever it may be. But head over to Snapchat, SideQuestFit, follow me there. You get a little more personal, in-depth look at the shenanigans I get into throughout uh, every day. Uh, but I do love getting questions from the community, so please send them out to me. If you have not left a review for the podcast, please head over to iTunes. If you're not listening on iTunes and you're listening on SoundCloud or Stitcher, leave a review there as well. When you leave reviews, it helps me move up the charts on the iTunes store so that more people can see and hear the amazing guests that I've had on and have on each and every single week. So make sure you head over there. And don't forget, if you haven't picked up your copy of The 7 Principles of Fat Loss, head over to SideQuestFitness.com forward slash 7 Principles, and you can pick up your copy of The 7 Principles of Fat Loss. These are the same seven principles I follow each and every day and teach my clients to help them shred away more body fat, unlock heroic strength, and just look better naked. So if you want to unlock strength or just look better naked in the mirror, head over again, grab those seven principles of fat loss, and start following those today. All right, guys, welcome to the show. I have a great guest for you today It has been almost two years since this guest has been on the podcast. Uh, He has been out and about and around the world, living in places uh, like Chicago, Saudi Arabia, Seattle, and now has settled down in Denmark with his girlfriend, uh, who is a game designer in the video game industry uh, but I'm not talking to her. Maybe someday we'll get her on, but today we're going to talk to Adam Fisher, talk a little about philosophy, what he's been up to, talk a little about training, and we're going to geek out over the video games that he's been crushing over the last little bit as well. So welcome back to the show, Adam Fisher. I hope you guys enjoy this episode
1: step up and you gotta get it fitness host rob at the moment and the quest is you gotta check it and wreck it you're breaking personal records and with the help of the guess you won't be guessing on the lessons that's a plus five fears. got a low-key bamf right here you want to meet him there's no better way to greet him than to strike a boss post, take a look into the
0: mirror all right guys welcome to the show i have a fantastic guest for you today he is returning it has been a very 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 long time since i had him on the podcast he was one of the Original guys, I had to get on in the uh, like top five or top seven or something that Fitocracy did back in the day. Uh, If you've been with me since the beginning, yeah, yeah. you've been (laughs) with me since the beginning. You know, I started this as the unofficial podcast of Fitocracy, but uh, I'm cooler and better than uh, than that. So now it's my own thing. Um, But my (laughs) one and uh, the one and only Adam Fisher joins me uh, on the podcast again. I think you were like man, like maybe the 10th.
1: Yeah, no, it was tenth, definitely like, a low number. Yeah. I feel like, like I found you around number five or so. And I was like, Oh man, this sounds like the thing I should get on. So <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And it was funny. Cause when you reached out to me, I was like, it is so nice that someone I was like on my list of wanted to reach out to was reaching out to me. I'm like, all right, it's <laughs> a sign. I've made it. It's a sign. Yep. I've made it. So bro, uh, I you know we're friends on Facebook. I've seen you you go through a lot in the last year, but uh, since it's been a while since you've been on,
1: what have you been up to? Yeah. Oh man, I just realized that 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 this is before everything, like yeah, everything that I've done. You, okay. Before you absconded
0: like, away from the, the yeah, no,
1: no, 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 So so the last time I was on this podcast, I was still living in my home state of Michigan, which is uh, seems like forever ago now. Jesus. Um. And then I took a, a very briefly a position in Saudi Arabia to work at a CrossFit that did not pan out, uh, came back to the States, lived in Chicago for a little bit, uh, moved out to Seattle because I was uh, in a long-distance relationship with my current girlfriend at the time, and so I was like, all right, you know, let's do it, and uh, lived in Seattle for about, um, about a year and a half or a year, I can't really tell off the top of my head. And then uh, now we have moved to Denmark. So I'm currently in the, the icy frozen north. The, the story that I, the joke that I like to tell is that I moved to the frozen north, I grew my hair out, there's a lot of talk about a wall, so I basically turned into Jon Snow. It's, it's a <laughs> it's long story short.
0: I mean you have a girlfriend so you you didn't take the oath
1: uh but yeah. oh that's true that that is yeah. true you're right which is
0: funny because they still took the oath and went to like the one random town like just south of the wall and still got their uh their jollies all out but uh you know
1: yeah yeah they talk you know. about
0: that in the book they don't talk about that a lot in the show in the show it's like uh white walkers and uh um um just uh we're bored and cold.
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's that's kind of what it's like up here. Uh, minus, I mean, I guess you could say that you know, like we are all white walkers in a way. You know, I'm white. <laughs> but, yeah.
0: True, true. Uh, so, man, you've uh, you, and I've I've seen your journey on on Facebook. Um, you've gone from the warmth uh, of the desert of Saudi Arabia now to a, a little colder. Uh, the wet, yeah. cold yeah. area of Seattle and uh, cold Chicago. Now, now to Denmark. What, um, what have you learned about yourself throughout all of this travel and just like really since like two years ago when you came on the podcast? Your life has been kind of topsy turvy. What have you learned about yourself over that period?
1: Oh man. Well, I mean, first of all, I've definitely learned that um, as a as a thing, vagabonding. You know, like you hear. Um, You you know, you hear people talk about that and, you know, like four hour work week and and whatnot is kind of a lifestyle that you want. And like it's it's it sucks. I mean, not to, you know, not not to say that it it can't be amazing for some people who really want to get out of a certain lifestyle. Um, But I've spent the last couple of years essentially developing my online business, uh, reaching an online clientele, transitioning away from being a one on one trainer and, you know, I find more and more that, you know, like, I would rather kind of stay in one place. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's kind of, it's kind of silly to say that. Yeah, like, I've done a lot of traveling, and I've seen a lot of places in the past couple of years. And, you know, it like you, you kind of leave it like, oh, you know, like, all right, that was just another place with different shaped buildings, you know, <laughs> um, like, but, you know, not to not to obviously, you know, like, obviously there are, are wonderful places and I had an amazing time seeing a lot of these places and it really opens up your eyes. You really kind of have an idea uh, of how small your world is when you live in one little town or, you know, one city for a long time, even if it's a big city. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, like you're, you're the same person, like wherever you go, there you are. Um, and so yeah, it's, it's been a lot. And, and honestly, I'm sometimes a little bit introverted, you know, which is kind of silly for being a trainer and a coach, you know, because, uh, I need to not be introverted in order to make clients in order to, to uh, to interact with people. But, uh, definitely there's some times where in my life I've, You know, I've got a lot going on, and so my default reaction is just to kind of lay back and exercise a lot, and lay on the couch and play some video games or something. And uh, you know, I've and I've been doing that a lot. You know, with all this travel, this travel has all you know it it puts it puts a small amount of stress on you. It puts a low grade stress on you because you know you're you're dealing with people that may or may not speak English. Um, You know, even if it's for example Denmark, everyone speaks English, but but they're speaking Danish to start off with. Oh crap! That's my phone. Let me turn that off. Why did I have that alarm on? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> All right, just cut that from the final tape. Um, <laughs> but um, but as I was saying, uh, Denmark, everyone speaks English, but they you know they're speaking Danish to each other, and so you have to kind of be that person like where you stop and you know someone says something to you in Danish, and you have to be like, no, no, no sorry, I only speak English. And of course they speak English and it's not a problem, but just that sort of little twist, you know, where you're asking them, you know, Hey, can you just speak in my language? Uh, it's a little bit weird. And it's the same again, all over the world, uh, wherever you go, unless you go somewhere that's native English speaking. And so, um, so yeah, you know, it adds a little bit of low grade stress and you know, frankly, I've been a little bit withdrawn, you know, for the past couple of years. I've been kind of spending a lot of time just chilling and just kind of uh, you know, retreating into my mental palace, but I've kind of gotten to that point where I've had enough time now to, you know, to really be alone and to to really focus on again developing my business and develop a web presence and You know, and then and then on the other end of that, you're kind of like, oh, man, I just wish that I had more people to talk to. You know, like you just kind of you just kind of wish that you could be more social. And so that's that's kind of the position that I'm at. (laughs) That's kind of the position I'm in now, Um, which is that everything is wonderful, but it's not like it's. It's not like there's no effort involved, you know. It's right. not like it's the easiest life in the world. Uh, kind of being moving around where you don't have a ton of close friends, you know, uh, in, in your proximity at all times. Like I can't go drinking with buddies, you know, every weekend or whatever, um, as much as as much as I want to, um, you know, because again, a lot of the people that I interact with and that I have close uh interpersonal connections with her are through the internet now and that's and that's what it is you know it's it's a side effect of working a lot online and developing that and uh you know that it is for some people and it's not for other people that's that's kind of all there is to it so
0: uh what have you learned any danish like how Because diff- I know oh. think, it's not an easy
1: language. Oh, it's not at all. So, have you heard? Do you do you know like what the joke is about Danish? Uh, the the joke is that Danish sounds like Swedish, but if you got like a mouthful of rocks, or you, you know, there's just kind of a lot of grunts and guttural sounds in the middle. Um, so, for those that don't know, all of the uh, Scandinavian languages are pretty closely related. That's um, that's uh, Norwegian, Swedish, Danish, uh, Icelandic. And, um, and, and, and they're all pronounced kind of, you know, it, it, they're all kind of similar. And so if you had a speaker of one language, they could probably understand a speaker of the, another language to a certain extent, but Danish is the worst. Like Danish is the, is the weird redhead, redheaded stepchild that like, <laughs> <it> was <just laughs> that's, like oh, that's why, that's why they that?
0: host international, uh, redhead day.
1: Yeah, no. And it's, and it's, um, yeah, it's 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 a very it's a very interesting language. Um, the problem is that whereas many of the other Scandi languages sort of just pronounce every syllable the way it looks like they should, uh, Danish is just kind of like, all right, let's just skip a lot of those ends and a lot of those like those consonants in there and replace them with like u sounds, um, which is really exciting because you can't really tell. How to pronounce things uh, very well based on how they're written, which is again, uh, it's it's hard. Obviously, the cool thing is that uh, the Danish government actually gives you uh, free Danish lessons if you're a if you're a uh, a resident. So uh, so basically, you know, healthcare, free Danish lessons, uh, all that, and you can actually you can actually take a a language test after a few years. Um, so yeah, it's cool. I've been picking up a little bit here and there. Uh, Duolingo has Danish, which is good. Uh, that's the app that I use. It's a really excellent app for learning languages if you don't know about it already. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a slow process thus far and it doesn't help that everyone speaks English because then as soon as they know that you're not a native Danish speaker, they'll just, you know, all right, time for some English. So, um, (laughs) Which, which you know, which is you know expected, but uh, you know sometimes it's a little bit uh, frustrating if you're legitimately trying to pick up a new language. So right. it happens.
0: You don't get that full immersion, but, uh and that's that's what I've heard is is the best way to learn a language. I took I took French in high school and college, um, and basically before I got rid of my Southern accent, I said things in French with, the very with a
1: very U.S. kind accent. of Southern accent. You yeah. have? Can you like? Can I hear your southern accent? Do you like? Do you still have that ability, now, or is it just gone at, at this point?
0: Adam, at, Adam, I, I don't really want to talk <laughs> about it, but you know, I oh. guess, I guess I'll just have to go into it just a little bit. Uh, oh, I love my, it. My, my dad, my dad, kind of sounds like this uh, a little bit, Robbie. Robbie, I got, I got a question to ask you. I don't really understand all this work you do <laughs> online. Like, so, 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 so people just come to you... And they ask you for la- for la- for for a workout, basically that. Like, I, oh yeah. I honestly, it's I feel like it's over exaggerated. But if you were to hear my dad speak, you'd be like, eh, pretty pretty close. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I sort of got rid of that. But I, I spoke French with a weird Southern accent, so it'd be like, <laughs> bonjour,
1: <Yeah>. parlez-vous. <laughs> Yes, yes. I love that.
0: Um, Uh, So so I can only imagine, you know, uh, if I lived there, uh, you know, I would feel – I would learn the language probably a lot better than I did in high school and college. Um, So it kind of sucks that you kind of lose out on that because you're like, no, speak Danish to me. I need to learn this language. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, no, it's um – it's certainly an experience. Um, it's it, it is the easiest living abroad experience that I've had because I have lived uh, I lived in France in college. I lived in Saudi Arabia, um, and now I'm living in Denmark. And so, you know, it's certainly the easiest and and the one that I feel like I've the most. Uh, you know, there's the, the learning curve. You know, there's there's certainly a lot of learning to do, but the learning curve seems a little bit less steep, and you know, you feel a lot more functional just being able to go out and like go to the cafe to get some work done and you know be able to order a coffee in English.
0: Um, what was the time in Saudi Arabia like? Like what was the learning curve for that? Uh, because, you know, so as 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 an American, we have our own sort of ideas about what living in in a Middle Eastern <laughs> country like that would be. Yeah. And we do know that like they do have some of the they have some some pretty stringent laws about certain things.
1: Yeah. So the interesting thing about Saudi that you have to realize is that um, you know there's sort of First of all, it's it's a, it's a monarchy, um, and no one pays taxes in Saudi Arabia. the 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 royal family is just so big and controls so much of the country uh, economically that they just sort of pay for things if they want to. So if it's like, oh, we need to fix these roads, it'll be like, all right, let's go get cousin Bill or whoever, and uh, you know, try and get them to cough up some cash. Um, so. Uh, There's that. (laughs) And, and I mean, it's, you know, if you look at it from the inside, a lot of things certainly sort of continue to function the way you'd expect kind of, you know, society to function. Like they have internet, they have phones, they have cars, uh, you know, they have all the same sort of things that we do. Uh, it's just, it's organized very differently. Um, and it's kind of hard to explain that, you know. It's it's imagine like like certainly a lot of bad things by our standards are done in Saudi, um, but you know the average guy on the street doesn't have any control over that. You know, he's not a part of the government. He doesn't have to do any of the enforcement. He's just a guy who's trying to live his life. And 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 the interesting thing in Saudi was that a lot of the Muslims that I met over there were kind of afraid to move up to English speaking countries where they were afraid they'd be discriminated against, but, uh, they didn't really want to go elsewhere in, uh, Arabic speaking countries because, uh, Saudi was where they could make the most money. So they just kind of stayed there and they appreciated what, you know, fruits, <laughs> a little bit of extra money could give them. Um, and yeah, so, you know, it, it's, it's, it's certainly there's 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 things that we would consider you know pretty bad, but I met a lot of great guys and you know I worked with a lot of great guys and I still have some of them as my clients, and you know it it is what it is. Uh, there's <laughs> but, you know like there's there's always there's always some good people and and then there's some bad people who are in power and who have more control over you know situations uh, political situations, right and you know, there's not much that the good guys can do about it or else they would. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, it was an interesting experience. Um, it was certainly very eye-opening. It really got, it really helped me to, um, you know, sort of understand and break a lot of the myths about culture over there. Uh, one interesting thing is that men, so, you know, women and men both have very Strict codes in Saudi about how they're supposed to act when they're out in public. Uh, guys aren't actually allowed to wear shorts or short sleeves uh, usually, which is why uh, you know we had, whenever we went to like the mall, we had to wear longer clothes <laughs> to uh, to cover up. Um, man, no sun's, but, sun. The sun's out, man. You can't even bring the yeah. No, out. no, it's so, ah. so hot, so hot. Um, <laughs> But uh, but, when, but when you're kind of behind closed doors they have they have a very healthy respect for private property over there. Uh, so it's kind of when what you do in your own home they don't care about. Uh, so there's sort of these very strict rules for how men and women are supposed to act in public and how they're supposed to interact and what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do with each other. Uh, but then you know as soon as you get into you know somebody's apartment or into uh, you know, like a private country club or something, uh, not that they have country clubs in the way that we think of them in the United States. Right. But, you know, once once you get them behind closed doors, things are very different. Uh, there's there's a huge sort of not underground culture, but, you know, it, it, it's nothing like the way you would expect uh, once they're kind of out, out of the public sphere. So. Gotcha.
0: So I'm going to I'm going to ask you about your uh, your girlfriend. Uh, we won't go into too much detail, but I do know because uh, it is awesome. She's a video game designer uh, and has worked on some games that many of the listeners, uh, have probably played themselves. Uh, a couple of them, at least one of them I know is plants versus zombies. Uh, correct. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that's, that's pretty dope. Cause it's like one of the, Mike, what it's the only game my wife plays on her DS. Like she still has regular <laughs> DS. It's the only thing she, it's the only one thing she's like, wait, you have that on your Xbox. It's playing it on your Xbox. Uh, it's like the one game I can get her to sit down and play. Um, uh, but just because I need to know a little bit more about uh, sort of uh, the game culture in in that side um, what what's the most surprising thing you've learned about dating someone in the gaming industry that like you thought like okay the gaming industry's got to be like this and then you're like, "Oh wait a minute, maybe it's that <laughs>
1: um i think I think the thing that would probably uh, surprise a lot of people is that You know, particularly since the game industry is relatively new and there's a lot of, like, rabid fanboys who would be so excited to work in the games industry. Um, A lot of people who work in the game industry aren't necessarily huge game people. Like, they're not people that play a ton of video games. They're just really Uh, good coding. (laughs) Well, not even that either. I mean, for example, Elizabeth, my girlfriend, she doesn't do any coding, she's designed, so essentially she conceptualizes systems, she kind of balances, you know, the way things are supposed to interact, and then coders make the game, uh, art directors, you know, art art uh, art people, uh, you know, whatever you call those, artists. Artists make the art, they, you know, put together all the graphics for everything, and then, you know, you sort of mash all these pieces together into a game and you know it it comes out more or less like it should and then testers test it and then you know you get the finished product um particularly game designing is is a very it's all about system design it's it's a soft skill that's you know kind of mathematics based kind of you know just skill and you know knowing how things fit together and all that um, she was actually in board games for a while before she ended up, uh, working in the game industry and, and, you know, like Elizabeth is not like, I play more video games than she does. Uh, don't tell her that I said that cause <laughs> she'd get a little bit mad. Um, but, uh, Elizabeth,
0: yeah, you, know, you just heard this on the podcast. He did not just say that. I that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like just, just edit that part out, uh, <laughs> in her head. I guess. Um, but yeah no the, and, and it's and it's surprisingly you know that's that's really a thing a lot of a lot of the old school um you know if you look at like some of the old school people like you know John Romero and and so on uh they didn't start pl- making video games because they played video games you know they started making video games because they thought it was super cool and they were people who played board games or people who were really into RPGs or you know whatever Everybody it was to tell a story yeah exactly it wasn't like they had a working a template you know like to go from um and so you see a lot of these people nowadays you know uh some of the older you know the old guard is people that are very self-taught you know they didn't really you know there wasn't really rules about what a video game was back when they were playing or making things and the newer generation, you know, it's people who have gotten a degree and, you know, just because you've gotten a degree doesn't necessarily mean that you're like that person who uh, played a crap ton of Halo or, or whatever. You know, th- there is actually there is actually a really interesting story where um, uh, Elizabeth's old boss at, uh, at PopCap where she worked on Plants vs. Zombies was actually someone that had played – guild wars 2 so much that they had hired him or guild wars 1 it was they had, he had played guild wars 1 so much that they hired him to work on guild wars 2 because he was just such a active community <laughs> figure. um but that's like not very common you know it's not like that's how every one gets a job in the video game industry it's it's more often that people have a good head for systems or um you know just yeah like systems design more than anything else and that's how it and that's how they end up, you know, (laughs) making the leap into video games. Um, and yeah, sometimes people are very, they come from the very code heavy end of things. Uh, sometimes people come from the very art heavy end of things. Uh, it just is what it is. Um, and the video game is the finished product, not necessarily all the pieces that go into it. So they take people that are good at each of these individual pieces and then, you know, they put those together to make the finished product. So,
0: I think that was one of the things that uh, I remember people talking about when Microsoft bought Minecraft uh, for like an ungodly amount of money. And people were like, oh, I can't believe they would spend that much money. And someone went, no, they didn't buy Minecraft for a video game. They bought the coders, like the people who were writing the code for that game. They bought those people so that they can code shit for Microsoft. And I was like, oh, oh, right. That's a really good (laughs) point. They don't care about the game. That, like, they're like what they've already done with the 3D stuff for Minecraft is my, like that's that's where I'm excited to see where where stuff goes. Really, I just want the uh um the Oasis from Ready Player One. So, once we can get that in, in virtual reality, I'm gonna go live in, in my Whedon verse and my Star Wars verse in the Oasis. Uh, and I'll I was gonna years say
1: later. I'm a very fake geek guy right now. Cause I've not actually read ready player one. Oh
0: dude, you're going <laughs> gonna, gonna, to like, you're going to get halfway through that. And all you're going to think is I want to live here. I don't want to be alive anymore.
1: It It is on my, it is on my to-do list as it were. Um, the cool thing about working from home now is that I have a lot more time to sort of goof around if I want to. Um, and uh, I've, basically cleared my entire to-do list for video games uh, and mostly cleared the one that I had for television and, and movies. Uh, so now it's basically books. Books are the remaining. Uh, All right. So are, are I, like the that. Final I, I like,
0: I like that you got some books on the to-do list, but I got to go back and talk about, about the games cause we've been, we've been repping on that. And uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. What, uh, what, what were the three on your to-do list that you like you had yeah. to get done right away?
1: Oh man, you know,
0: I don't even or even just the three you've played like recently that just gave you a giant nerd boner and you like love them.
1: Oh, uh, I mean, I got to I got to look through I got to look through some stuff. Uh let me pull up my Steam here and see what I got. Uh, uh, see,
0: you've done you've done the one thing I can't do. Like I'm glad I I know I could get Steam on a Mac, but if I got Steam, I would be living in a box and divorced and oh, it's... but like I I know
1: well, the best part about Steam 2 is you can just wait for sales and you can get stuff for five or ten bucks. So, like you think you'd think it's a huge, like you'd think that it's going to kill your finances, but it really doesn't as long as you're uh, you've got <laughs> input control. The time,
0: man, it's the time. It's going to kill my time.
1: And that's and that kind of segues into another thing because there's actually an article I'm writing about how um, recently a skill that I had to learn was how to quit things halfway. Yeah. Um, So you know how you have like a lot of these like, oh, never quit, like, you know, give 100 percent to everything you do. And a huge part of my problem when I was a kid was that I had too many things that I wanted to do. Like it was like I want to play every video game that anyone has ever made. I want to read every book that everyone has ever written. Um, And so a huge problem for me was that I was constantly wasting my time. You know, like reading books that no one really cared about or that, you know, wouldn't, you know, they weren't really related to, say, the, the thing I was trying to study in high school or college. They weren't really, you know, going to bring me a lot of social capital in that they weren't like books that I could discuss with other people. Um, and, you know, they weren't necessarily books that I needed to, to better myself uh, at that moment. The Babysitter's so, um, Club is an
0: excellent collection of books and you can talk about it with tons of people. Yes. Not the Well, class?
1: see, well, yes, yeah, so <laughs> the Babysitter's Club probably has a little more uh talk value than like some of the obscure philosophy stuff I was reading, um, you know? Well, so that's that's, you know? that's and that's and true. and that you know and so so sometimes and sometimes like you have this feeling where you're kind of slogging through a book and you're like, well, you know, like I really want to finish this. And then, you know, like, and and I've kind of learned to hone that skill where I say, but wait, really, do I like, do I really want to finish this? Um, And so I've learned that, you know, as long as you can kind of discuss like half of a book, like you're good, like you're good, you know, like no one is going to grill you on every single thing that happens in a book. If you have a discussion about a book, someone will like bring up the events that meant a lot to them or, you know, what they thought were the good parts of it or the memorable parts of it and that's about it, you know um, and so it's the same with video games and I think that a lot, and TV shows of course, and I think that a lot of the stuff that we kind of think of as necessary, like actually finishing everything is kind of, you know, unimportant um, so like learning to sort of like skim books, learning to sort of give up halfway if it's not really doing it for you uh, has been a skill that I've that I've been working on, um, and it's and it's really freed up a lot of time in my life because before it's like oh I'm swamped I have all this stuff to catch up on I you know like I don't know what I'm gonna do and then you know more recently it's like I'll put five hours into a video game and if it's like oh this is definitely gonna be forty hours. I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it the whole time. Uh, It's not, like, a very popular game, so not that many people know about it. I'll just think, you know what? Like, I can put this on the back burner. Like, it doesn't matter. Maybe I'll finish it later. Maybe I won't. Whatever. Um, And so, like, kind of learning to give up the stuff that's not important and focus on the stuff that is important, like, say, fitness, uh, like, say, you know, business development, uh, whatever it is that's important to you, um, has – Often requires giving up other stuff that's less important and not you know like letting it kind of suck you in and, and take up too much of your time. Um, so I have there's a lot of video games recently that I've played and I've enjoyed you know for five or ten hours and then I've said all right well you know time to move on. Um, but video games, let's keep, see, keep,
0: keep just keep keep looking because I want to I want to dive into this. Discussion of of giving quitting halfway through because it's something that like as you were speaking I was like oh god damn it you're slapping me in the face right now with a two by four for things that I need to hear myself because
1: oh no like and I agree no no no, like, no, 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 no. but like, like you like, know like, what I'm saying because like a lot of people could agree with that that there are probably yeah. things that aren't necessarily very beneficial to you and aren't really like strictly necessary in terms of like a self care like you know relaxation sort of sense. But it's like, for example, uh, you know, like Destiny. I love I love Destiny. Destiny's a great game. I love the PvP in Destiny. I don't know why uh, it's, like, stuck with me for a lot longer than the game itself has. I still, like, kind of log in every now and then just to do some PvP matches. But, you know, it's like when you find yourself, like, oh, doing, like, four hours in a row because you just kind of, like, just let it, like, queue up the next match and you're just like, well, like, I guess I don't have anything else to do. Um, you know, like, that's when it kind of starts eating into you know, like time that you should be spending doing something else, like maybe cleaning the house or, you know, maybe getting up and stretching or maybe going and working out. If that's, you know, a a skill that you still haven't quite mastered yet. Um, Learning to sort of say like, all right, you know, like I've had my hour of relaxation time. Now I need to move on. Now I need to do something else. Uh, Yeah, it's been super, it's been super, super useful for me. And I, and I, I, I agree, like, I think it's a skill that, a lot of people, you know, maybe need to hear because we, again, we are we are used to thinking in the, you know, in the entrepreneurial sense, in the success sort of sense that it's all about these memes where it's like just crush it, keep going, don't give up, and you know, I found, you know, especially working from home where you know you have to do a lot of work that doesn't necessarily pay off in the short term and you know may or may not seem necessary right away. Um, you know, learning to kind of set aside stuff and say, Oh, you know what? Like I had some fun, but now I really need to move on to other stuff that I, I want to focus on. That's more important to me right now. Um, you know, that's an important skill and I, I, yeah, I, it's I agree. Learning, you know?
0: Learning, learn, no, yeah. Learning to say no. It's something that I've, I've struggled with myself and have tried to figure out how, how to do, um, you know, and, now people it's weird now people reach out to me and they're like hey man could you look at this like piece i'm like uh maybe like you know people come to me for advice on things and and i'm trying to think like well what is like i want to write i want to create great content but what do i need to do like even even like from a business standpoint like adam i'm i'm with you on that like there's so many things everyone's like, Oh, you got to do this. You got to try this. You got to like the market's doing this. You got to do that. And I'm like, but what is, what is going to benefit me? Like what is going to make me the happiest? I don't want to burn myself out and then wind up, you know, drinking myself into an oblivion for a decade. (laughs) Well, like, you know, and really hating what I do and, and just being pissed off about it. And And I think you're right. Like finding, being able to quit, like I I love games and that's why I only I've played Fallout 4 for over a year because I was like look I'm going to play a little bit I'll do like one quest each day like, or every couple of days and like that's it I don't need to try and beat it all at once I can spread it out over time um yeah. books books I John Goodman has a great rule on books where he's like if I'm not into it by page 100 then I don't finish reading it
1: yeah yeah, that's, that's, um, uh, and I hate to say this cause it's a really good book, but, um, uh, the girl with all the gifts I think is, what, what's it called? It's, it's the one that they recently made a movie out of. Um, it's kind of a zombie. No girl, it's girl with all the gifts or something like that. Um, it's, it's a zombie, it's a zombie, uh, book. And again, they've made it into a movie. Um, and and it's very compelling for about the first 50 or 60 pages. Um, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's kind of a shift in the plot and what things, you know, where everything is going. And then there's about, you know, uh, 400, 500 more pages. And, you know, I got to about a page 150 and I, I said to myself, you know, I'm sure this is great. I'm sure that this is going to pay off at the end. But, you know, I just don't like, you know, I'm just not invested enough in these characters by this point, And it's not, you know it's, it's, it's not spaced. It's not, you know, spaced out, uh, the, the pacing isn't good enough to keep me engaged the entire time. So, you know, I'm just going to set this one aside. And, and, and again, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a sign that it's a bad book. You know, you can certainly enjoy the snippet of something that you read and then still have to say, you know what, like, I just don't have time to focus on this in my life. I would like to move on to something else. Um, but yeah, it, it is yeah it's it's exactly what it is. You know, it's it's learning to manage uh, the amount of time that you spend on something, and learning to focus on the stuff that that matters. You know, it's it, it like it's kind of like that saying where it's like don't half ass two things, whole ass one thing. Because um, because you know, like let's be honest, like in our lives we've got a lot of things that demand our attention at all times. You have to go to work for eight hours a day. You have to eat you know, you have to feed yourself, uh, you have to pay bills, you have to go to sleep. Uh, theoretically you have to exercise. (laughs) Hopefully you have to exercise. Hopefully that's what you're doing. Um, but, uh, you know, when it comes to all that, you know, you've got to learn how to focus on the right stuff at the right times. And if you're letting any one piece of that, of that puzzle sort of take up too much time or become too, you know, kind of, start to occupy too much of your psychological effort or your physical effort, um, you know, you kind of have to learn to scale things back and learn to balance things properly. Um, that's not to say that you, you know, you should only whole ass one thing, you know, like there's maybe like 10 different things that you should half ass and like one thing that you should whole ass and like, you know, a bunch of things that you shouldn't ask at all and you should just toss those (laughs) out the window. But you know, it, it, but yes, life life is very complicated, and, and oftentimes uh, seeking more complexity in 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 terms of loading down yourself with more and more things to do, you know, it, it just it, it just makes everything muddled and confused and very icky. Uh, so it's often very useful to you know simplify your life to toss out extra clothes that you don't need, to get rid of books or you know movies or whatever it is that, you know, you realize you're not that interested in seeing anymore or that you kind of try out for a little bit and realize that, you know, you're just not very invested in the entire thing. Um, that that's been a hugely useful thing for me lately, you know, honestly. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's worked out. I feel great. (laughs) I'm certainly, I'm certainly working more than I used to while feeling like I've done more, you know? Um, and uh, done more not working, that is. Um, and so, you know, that's that's kind of the dream. That's kind of <laughs> mixing the best of both worlds, however you can. All
0: right. All right. I like it. I like it. I think it's it's sort of finding – I don't believe you're ever in balance, but it's that pursuit of finding balance and that constant struggle of thinking, okay, am I doing too much? Am I not doing enough? Like, And trying to find – you need to spend time doing too much to realize, nope. I'm doing too much. And then you need to spend some time kind of not doing enough to realize I'm not actually getting any work done. Um, and then just sort of that, that flow, like you're going to have that. And then you're on your way from one into the other. You're going to be getting a lot of stuff done. You're going to be in, in a groove. And then, you know, you just got a chaos, man. I'm telling you, it's that Jordan Peterson. It's that Jordan Peterson, man. It's uh order <laughs> uh, between, uh, chaos and, uh, uh, and oppression. Um, yeah, so uh, I've been thinking about a lot of stuff like that lately. It's why I, it's why I wrote like almost seven thousand words on fucking Thanos and comic books. Uh, <laughs> but uh, all right, let's go. Let's go to the video games. So give me give me a couple of those on your list that that you you're you've been jiving on as of late.
1: Yeah, so video games that I've really enjoyed lately, um, no particular order no you know this isn't in order of how much i've enjoyed them or how recent it is or anything like that but uh stardew valley stardew valley was an amazing game last year it's basically just harvest moon but it has enough uh twists in it that it's you know it's different enough it feels it feels new um final fantasy 15 it is it is a road trip rpg it's just four guys in a car you know driving around uh stopping to pick up energy drinks slash potions from gas stations and fighting monsters like it's great um i have you know no i have no qualms with that and and aside from that uh i mean multiplayer wise overwatch and uh and destiny have been tied for me those are kind of the ones that i've been that i've been spending some time on um Destiny, honestly, I Destiny's PvP is, is the most fun for me for some reason, and which is weird because it's just kind of like a watered down Halo PvP, but <laughs> um, but it's very fun. So is so is Overwatch. Like I love Overwatch. You know, no offense to it, but the sort of team based, the, the 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 high high team emphasis shooting games um, don't quite rub me the right way. It's a very good one, and I like it a lot. It feels great. It feels much better than games like TF two, but um, but it, it just doesn't have the sort of it doesn't have the sort of appeal to me uh, that say for example Destiny does. So uh,
0: yeah, I I have uh, a couple of friends who, or one really good friend from college who's like all about Destiny. I'm still just I'm bitter about the whole promise that it was going to be. World of Warcraft meets Halo and Call of Duty. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, no, we're going to scale it down so you only have, like, a couple of people on a team. And I'm like, no, I want, like, 30 people. Damn it. Uh, yeah, so I got a little bit yeah. about that one. Um, I will say I did just recently get to play... Uh, my friend Andy hooked me up with the Ghost Recon uh, Wildlands beta. and
1: Oh, how is that?
0: It's... It, what it reminded me of the most is one of the most fun games I ever played on the Xbox, uh, and then the sequel came out on the 360, and the sequel is the reason why Pandemic did not make Star Wars Battlefront uh, <laughs> Three finish it. Uh, Mercenaries Playground of Destruction is what it reminds me of. So the map is huge, like you can, it, it like it's it's gigantic, and I think just creating the the country of Bolivia, they did a really good job of. Um, but it's basically Grand Theft Auto in Ghost Recon. So you, you drive around, you fly around, you have missions. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing, the, the reason it reminds me of mercenaries is you can pick up rebel factions to like call in mortars or like have a flanking position or like come in in like a car or like drop off a car. Like they can do all these things to assist you or you can play it up like Ghost Recon and really plan your attack, get your positions and sneak in or you can just say fuck it i'm going in guns blazing um so there's a ton of different ways to to sort of play it which i really really like um but as large as it seems it's going to be that's why it reminded me of mercenaries because i was like it really is ghost recon with no rules like i don't yeah. have to be stealth um so it was it wasn't bad i liked it um so we'll see we'll see what happens um, I think really the big thing is I just need to get enough money to get a switch. I want to play that.
1: <laughs> oh man, that, that looks, I mean, I'll be honest. I probably won't buy one right away, but, um, but it does look really cool. You know, it's just like Nintendo has been really good at, at, at dropping that kind of stuff where it's like, we're going to do something crazy and unexpected. And you're like, Oh my God. Um, it hasn't, like, I wouldn't say that it's paid off for them in terms of winning the console wars, but... Well, uh, I think this is what know. they
0: wanted to do with the Wii U, but they just didn't... They half-assed it. They half-assed the idea. They didn't yeah. full-ass yeah. the idea. And I think if they had done this, If they had taken the Switch and put it with the Wii U when they when they originally made it, and have been like, this is what we're doing, basically you're going to take your 3DS that you can play at, like, better graphics at home, take it on the road... It, it would have blown everyone away. I think they would have won. Yeah. They would have won that console war. And I like the thing is is like maybe because I grew up as an old school gamer, and uh, you know I played NES with eight bit, and then I played Super Nintendo, and I played like games. They looked real. NFL nineteen NFL ninety Madden ninety six looked real as fuck. I don't care what anyone says, <laughs> it may be blocky as hell now. Oh. But man, in nineteen ninety six, that shit yeah. looked real.
1: No, but, I remember that.
0: Like yeah. it like those games were great. And yeah, the graphics are cool, but the games still played like great games. Nowadays it's like, here's graphics in a Michael Bay film cutscene. Yeah, like, and anything. sometimes
1: the gameplay is just absolute
0: shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. I don't like that's why there are great games on steam that I've never got to play because mm, I haven't bought them, but like the binding of Isaac, like super meat boy is one of the most fun games I ever played on the 360.
1: Oh, I love super meat boy. Yeah. I beat, like, I beat it. Yeah. I loved yeah, it. <laughs> it. It
0: was fun. Braid was fun. Um, There's a lot of really cool things. Like I'm really, really excited for when they finally release uh cuphead on the Xbox one. Uh, it's like a side scroller, old school shooter, sort of like gunstar heroes, but done in the animation of like the 1940s.
1: I've got to look this one up. I haven't heard oh, of this Oh, dude, one.
0: it's fucking sick. It's cool. Like it's and like it's and it's still like that weird like teacup is like doing this weird up and down like motion thing. Like,
1: oh, my God. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. This looks sick.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, so my that God. that's like those are the games like Journey. Journey wasn't even really a game, and it made me weep. Like, I've never cried at a video game until, like, it just, it was so good. Like, that's what I want. I don't care about graphics. So that's why I'm like, Nintendo, just give me really great games on the Switch, and you win this war. Like, you win it by making great games.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And yeah, no, we – like the cool thing too is our, our buddy Austin was the one who did the music for uh, for, the, for Journey. So, you know, it's it's really cool when you kind of know some of the people behind stuff and you're like, oh, man, like congrats on doing something so good, man. Like Journey, Journey he was not – you know, he it was just like, like – Did he get nominated for a like
0: Grammy or something?
1: Um, I was, do think was he was won some, awards for the music. I honestly can't remember.
0: I can't, I can't remember either. He got – or maybe it was maybe it was an Oscar. He got nominated for some huge award for uh, for that. Which, I mean, the, yeah, the music was was fantastic. Um, cool. So a couple of fun questions. Then we'll uh, we'll you know go back into whatever shenanigans. Uh, Adam, <laughs> what store would you max your credit card out at?
1: What store would I max my credit card out at? Oh my god, I. Like, the thing, too, is, like, I don't even spend money on very much anymore um, because I've kind of gotten to a point where I just enjoy, uh, you know, I just enjoy investing in my future. I just enjoy, you know, like, having money so that, like, I can make an impulse buy on a rainy day and I won't feel bad about it, you know. Um, so, like, if, it, if anything, you know, I would – if anything, I would impulse buy, like – a crap ton of really expensive clothing, you know, just to, just to like, look good, like, you know, just to feel good about looking good. Um, not like any particular store, uh, just, you know, like I feel like I could walk into a clothing store and, you know, see like a, like a $1,200 jacket or something on the rack. And if I had the money in my bank account and I didn't need it for anything, and I just kind of be like, you know what? Like, let's do this. Like, you know, fuck it. Let's buy this jacket. Um, that's, kind of, that's kind of the only thing that I that I want money for. It's just that moment where I can just be like, you know what? I don't care. Let's buy this. Uh, so that is, that is how my credit card would end up getting maxed out. Uh, that's not necessarily where, you know, like it, it wouldn't necessarily be at a specific store. Uh, but that, that, that is the sequence of events that would lead to me maxing out my credit card.
0: All right. All right. I like it. I like it for a bomb ass leather jacket. I'd, I'd pay, I'd pay $1,200.
1: Like, exactly. But it's
0: gotta, it's gotta like, it's gotta look so good and snug that I'm just like,
1: yeah. 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 And then you gotta buy some pants to go with the jacket. You know, it yeah. just one thing leads to another, you know,
0: I listen, I, I've, I've thought about, and I might, this might go out to my, my email list, but I had an idea for like, um, how to have stoic style. Like, like the bare essentials that you need in a closet. Because I love my wife. Uh, <laughs> but, and you knew that butt was coming. Uh, she is one of those women who has a lot of shoes. And when we go places, she'll gravitate towards the shoes. And I'm like, honey, I'm going to give you one rule. Now it is your money. You can do whatever you want to with your money. I don't care. Like, I don't, uh, you work hard for it. That's your money. But I think you should think about it. If, are there two pairs of shoes you could get rid of that you don't wear anymore or like the <laughs> socks that now have holes in them, but you won't get rid of them because you had them for a decade. Are there ones you can get rid of? to Like, cause I would ask myself the same thing. I don't need t-shirts. People will give me a t-shirt and I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't really need this. So I'm going to get rid of two t-shirts I don't wear. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Adam, what's one of the most important values you try to display to your clients or readers?
1: Oh, man. I think that. So, I think that a thing that I've been kind of realizing lately when it comes to my own content, my own blog, um, you know, certainly it's about fitness, but people don't just want to buy, you know, they just, they don't, they're not just here for fitness, you know. If they wanted really good information, uh, there are guys who are super deep into the science, uh, you know, Greg at strength theory, it's stronger by science now. Um, you know, Brett Contreras, Ellen Aragon, Brad Schoenfeld, people like that. Um, and you know, you can't, you can't try and mimic those people because they don't like, you know, your clients don't want that. (laughs) They've already got those guys. They already know to look for those guys. Uh, you don't, they don't need like a secondhand, you know, like I don't need to be a secondhand Greg Knuckles running around. Um, And so, you know, learning to distinguish yourself, it's more about trying to find lessons that fitness has taught you, you know, trying to find takeaways that fitness has helped your life with. Uh, It's more about, you know, not just, you know, okay, yeah, you should, you know, squat or you should deadlift or, you know, you should get up off the couch and you should, you know, stop eating junk food all the time. Um, You know, it's, it's how you tell it. And a lot of my personal growth, uh, writing wise lately has been about learning to just stop writing articles that are like, you know, trying to be too smart, uh, trying to learn to stop writing articles that are just like, okay, like here's, you know, like the reason that this bench press variation is slightly better than this other bench press variation for these reasons. Um, you know, and more about, you know, just kind of selling people a story that they want to buy into. Uh you know, tell a story about the bench press. Not to say that you know, like I'm writing like some some fanfic about bench pressing or, or something like that. But,
0: I, w- but you, as soon as you said that, I just immediately thought of like a like the bro version of like dime store like
1: uh romance novels. But like and he lifted three hundred pounds thirty times. <laughs> yeah. No. Um yeah but but um but yeah, learn to sell yourself. Learn to put yourself into your writing. Learn to, you know, again, just make stuff that, that resonates with people uh, and don't make it and, and, you know, you're selling yourself in a way that it's not just about you. Like you're not trying to just talk about yourself because people get bored if it's just you talking about yourself. You've got to try and say, here's what I learned that can help you. Here are the lessons, you know, like that I can that I can, you know, bring to you. Here's, you know, all that. And I think that's a lot more powerful than just saying, you know, here's like five bench press variations or, you know, like today I squatted 300 pounds. Look at me. Uh, You know, it's if you want to provide value to your readers, you have to learn to. Yeah. To just provide that kind of value, to provide a narrative, to 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 make yourself a product that other people want to buy, you know, not that they're just coming in here and you're bragging about yourself, but they're coming here and they're seeing things that you can help them with. They're seeing, you know, you're, you're selling them a story about what you can do for them. And, uh, that's, that's so powerful, you know, once you can learn to do that, right. And it certainly takes time. You know, I've been writing, I've been blogging for, Oh God, almost five years now, uh, you know, on and off and to varying degrees of success. But, uh, you know, you, you learn from your mistakes. That's all there is to it.
0: You, you do. Um, that's something that I'm, uh,
1: I, I, I,
0: say this to my wife all the time, but I attribute it to if, uh, her and John Romanello have told me something and both agree on it, then I should probably fucking do it because it's probably the right thing to do. Uh, you know, and John was very adamant about that. Like people don't buy coaching, they buy coaches.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, you can go
0: anywhere and get the same program, but you're coming to me because you connect with me. Same thing like people listen to this podcast because they could listen to a hundred other different podcasts, but they come here because they find a connection with me. Just like I gravitated to John because I was like, oh my God, an emo guy who likes to lift weights and loves Star Wars and nerd stuff. I'm not alone in the world. Yay. Like that's what yeah. people are, are are looking for. And I think that's hard to do as a writer is because you think like, oh, I've got to emulate the greats. Look, Hemingway was Hemingway, and Alan Aragon's going to write like Alan Aragon, and Greg exactly. Knuckles is going to write like Greg Knuckles. Like,
1: yeah, and I, and that's not to say, and that's not to say, also that you shouldn't like uh, try and learn from other writers. You know, right, uh, like you should certainly read other people's writing and try and learn what you can from I them. You uh, them. I think you should imitate yeah,
0: them. I think you should, yeah, like Yeah,
1: like if you can try and see what works. If you try and imitate them, you know, try and see what you can make work and what you can't. Um, because a problem that I had at least very early on was that I was very afraid to sort of come to people and ask for help or ask for feedback. And, and end result is that, you know, my writing was very self, you know, turned inwards for a long time, you know, very, the opposite of what I'm you know, telling you now is, you know, learning to write for other people. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely important to learn from other people, but it's also important not to just try and copy somebody. It's important to learn again, your own style, your own way of seeing things, find out what your strengths are. Don't just, you know, again, try and copy other people. Um, and sometimes, you know, what, what you think your strengths are, or not what your strengths are. Sometimes you think that you're super smart at something and you, you know, give it a, give it a, good old fashioned try. And that's not how it turns out. But, um, again, that's what the mistakes are for. That's where you learn. So,
0: well, so, I mean, it's, it's like getting into the gym for the first time. You think the first time you, you do a a goblet squat, it's going to look pretty probably
1: not. Oh god, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, I mean, and and that's, and I think that's with, that's within the God, I wish someone had told me like, I wish I had known that about so many things back when I was younger, I would have cared less. Uh, about so many things. Um, yeah. But I think that's hard to do in this, in this sort of online, you know, writing, uh, you know, entrepreneur space or, or business space or working from home and for yourself sort of space. Like you see these people who made it, but you forget that, oh, well, you know, some of them were in the game very early when they became the names. And yeah. it's not impossible. You can do it but now there's so much content out there that like yours has to speak to people in a certain way that others doesn't.
1: Um, Exactly. uh, Yeah.
0: Cool. Uh, We are nearing the end. So we'll start sort of, sort of wrapping up. Uh, Adam, you have a great deadlift book. I want you to talk about real quick. Uh, I do. Deadlift every day, bro. I like it. So are you trying to kill me?
1: Exactly. So, um, so the so the, the quick and dirty of it is that uh, I decided that I wanted I had a, I had a. a, a an issue in my training where I lost about a hundred pounds off my deadlift, uh, due to D training, due to some stuff that was going on in my life. And at the time I was really into Bulgarian stuff, uh, particularly Matt Perryman's squat every day. Uh, since then we've had stuff like Greg Knuckles uh, Bulgarian manual, uh, which is a little more, uh, succinct and to the point on everything, a little more practical, but, um, One of the stories in Matt Perryman's squat every day is about how Bob peoples who uh, held a deadlift record for a very long time at the 175 pound weight class, uh, basically just deadlifted every day, just very heavy every day, constantly for years. And that was how he got to have a 750 pound deadlift. And, and, and the the book itself is a huge discussion on recovery and how adaptation works and all that. But so I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to try it. So I, I did. And, you know, I, I learned a lot of lessons about how to do it and how to make it work for me and how not to hurt myself. And I had to learn to accept that some days you're going to come in very sore and you're going to come in and just, you know, do like 25% of your max for, you know, some reps. And then your back is going to say no more and you're going to say, all right, like that's enough for today. Um, but it was something I tried. It was something that worked really well for me. I put 70 pounds back on my deadlift that month and uh, – you know now i'm writing it for you guys <laughs> so yeah. i wrote up the program it's uh essentially the way i did it back then it's a very flexible format you're not actually necessarily deadlifting every day there's some flexibility in terms of how you do it you can do some other exercises some hip related exercises instead uh there are light days you can take days off if you want to uh but it is a high frequency deadlifting and bench pressing program and it is absolutely free Uh, if you search, uh, Oh man, I don't even have the, uh, I don't even have the URL gains.af slash deadlift dash every dash day uh that is the url or you could just search deadlift every day uh it will pop up uh and essentially it is for free so if you just sign up for my mailing list uh, at that link uh you get the manual along with a free tracker as well so uh that is my latest product it has been taking off really well i've i've been seeing a lot of positive feedback for it so uh, i'm really happy that people are enjoying it you know honestly
0: Awesome, dude. And I'll have that linked as well in the show notes, sidequestfitness.com slash podcast, and then just find Adam's uh, interview. Since it's been a long time, it'll be the first interview you see with Adam Fisher. Uh, you'd have to go back a really long time to see the or hear the original. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll, oh, have yeah. I'll have that for everyone there as well, because um, I, I, I had a chance to look at it, and it's a great, great resource. Uh, I love deadlifting. Uh, basically I'm probably going to, um, I, I, I might try a variation of that after I get done with this, uh, this bulk, I, but that's one of the questions yeah. I wanted to ask. I've been waiting to ask you about this bulk. All right. So we're going to end the podcast talking. about. Oh the, oh yeah. Uh, the bulk, the, uh, the infamous, the infamous non-do bulk.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. So
0: yeah. now my listeners know I did this last winter. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm not, I'm not really doing it now. I'm not eating 600 grams of carbs or plus. Um it's just white rice is so cheap. I can buy 50 pounds of it for like $11 and I'm like, oh, yep. cheap bulk and boom. Yep. But you <laughs> you did it a little bit differently. So can you tell me a little bit about this Mountain Dew bulk and what made you decide to
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh so so essentially, I ran off of a program that uh, Alex Hormozy had run. Uh, Alex Hormozy became famous for putting on something like 30 pounds, uh, about 20 of which was muscle or so, uh, supposedly. Uh, not to say that it didn't happen. You know, it's just uh, he certainly had good genetics and all that. Uh, so it's a very intense program. Uh, you're working out twice a day, uh, two workouts per day, and it's three days on, one day off uh, as the program is written. So uh, essentially doing three days of super hard work followed by one rest day, and you're just eating as much as you can and you know, seeing where you get to. I decided to try it, and what I found was that I was a little bit slacking on my calories. I was hitting my protein targets, uh, but I simply needed to get in more calories. And so, what it sort of evolved into, it, I, I lasted about two months during this bulk, and it went really well up until the very end when I got to get extremely fatigued, and it started just killing me, and I couldn't really hit my uh, my reps anymore. But uh, Essentially, at some point, I just started drinking a lot of soda uh, (laughs) because all my other macros were in line. And I was just like, you know what? Like, why not? Uh, You know, I I don't really think that – I don't really think that sugar is that bad for you. I don't think it's good for you necessarily. I just think that a lot of people, you know, overhype or demonize it a little bit too much. So I just decided to see, you know, like, what can I do? Uh, how, how will this go? Uh, so I decided to do the dirtiest bulk imaginable. Um, at the height of the program, I was drinking four liters. So two lead two, two liters of Coca-Cola every day, um, And unfortunately, that did give me a – so there are some takeaways. Uh, One, I had to brush my teeth a lot. I brushed my teeth three times a day. I was using, uh, uh, you know, Listerine as well to make sure that my teeth were not rotting out. Um, And, you know, all of that caffeine gave me a coffee habit afterwards uh, just to wean myself off of it. Um, But uh, I, I basically cut consumption of soda entirely for a long time after that because I was just kind of sick of it. Um, but it, it, got my calories in, it was easy to do cause I could just carry a two liter around wherever I went. And, uh, my body composition did worsen. It went from about 15% to about 20%. Uh, but I did also in the process gain about 30 pounds. So theoretically about half of that was muscle and about half of that was fat and water and you know, whatnot. Um, those numbers are probably off a little bit. And, you know, honestly, I don't care too much if the numbers were perfect, but I definitely did get a lot bigger, uh, definitely developed a gut and I definitely got a lot stronger too. Uh, since then I've lost most of that weight. I've dropped about 20 or 25 of those 30 pounds just because I went back to normal eating. Um, but it was an experiment. It was fun. Uh, you know, I didn't die. I didn't feel like crappy all day or anything. Um, you know, I, it just happened. <laughs> like there were, there were no long-lasting negative consequences that I know of thus far. So, uh, so I consider that a success, I guess.
0: All right, awesome, Adam. If people want to know more about you, where can they find you online?
1: All right. So uh, my website is www.gains.af. Uh, that is my initials, Adam Fisher AF. Uh, so that is A I N S G-A-I-N-S.AF. Uh, that is my domain. Uh, my blog there, uh, coaching. I also work with Greg Knuckles of Strength Theory, which is now Stronger by Science. Uh, so you can see me there as well. Uh, that is really about it.
0: Awesome. Well, Adam, I have enjoyed getting to chat with you and catching up. And uh, we will make sure it's not two years. Uh, the next time I get you back on the podcast, yeah, no, this time like, you're not you're not vagabonding all over the world again.
1: Let's, so. like what I'll do is I'll put this in my calendar. Like I'll put this in my calendar every six months or so, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> so we can awesome. do this again.
0: Awesome, dude. Well, thank you so much for coming on.
1: All right, man. It's been great to be here. Step up and you gotta get it. Fitness host Rob at the moment and the quest is you gotta check in and wreck it You're breaking personal records and with the help of the guests, you won't be guessing on the lessons. That's a plus five fears. Got a low key band right here. You want to meet him, there's no better way to greet him than to strike a boss pose. Take a look into the mirror.